hear the word of the Lord from Psalm 126. When Zion's fortunes God restored, it seemed as if a dream. Our mouths were then filled with laughter, our tongues with shouts of glee. The nations said, The Lord has done great things for Israel. The Lord did mighty things for us, our hearts with gladness swell. Restore our fortunes, gracious Lord, like streams in desert soil. Then those who sow their seed in tears shall reap with shouts of joy. The man who bearing seed to sow goes out with tears of grief, will come again with songs of joy, with sheaves of grain he reaps. This is the word of our Lord. Westminster Larger Catechism Question 15 What is the work of creation? Answer The work of creation is that God did in the beginning by the word of his power make from nothing the world and all things in it for himself within the space of six days and all very good. Scripture Proof Romans 11 verse 36 For from him and through him and to him are all things. To him be the glory forever. Amen. Thanks for joining me today for another episode of Martyr Monday. Today we are looking at the Swiss giant Ulrich Zwingli. So Ulrich Zwingli's career as a reformer was relatively brief, but his energetic and multifaceted leadership was crucial in the early days of the Protestant Reformation. Born to the chief local magistrate of a small alpine village named Waldhaus in 1484, Zwingli attended the University of Vienna and Basel before serving as a priest in the Swiss town of Glarus in 1506 to 1516. His final year at Glarus proved to be pivotal. pivotal. It was at this time that Zwingli came to an evangelical understanding of the scriptures. Erasmus published his Greek New Testament in that year and Zwingli devoured it. It is said he memorized Paul's epistles in the original language. This occurred a little more than a year before Luther nailed his 95 theses to the Wittenberg Castle church door. Thanks to his study of the scriptures, with no knowledge of Luther's ideas, Zwingli began to preach the same message Luther would soon proclaim. He wrote, Before anyone in the area had ever heard of Luther, I began to preach the gospel of Christ in 1516. I started preaching the gospel before I had even heard Luther's name. Luther, whose name I did not know for at least another two years, had definitely not instructed me. I followed Holy Scripture alone. While priest in the town of Einsiedeln, the following two years, Zwingli broke with the traditional Roman Catholic practice by preaching in clear, expository fashion in the German vernacular of his people. Such preaching earned him a post in the free city or canton of Zurich by 1519. Now in Zurich, Zwingli spent six years preaching straight through the New Testament, mingling with the people of his parish, writing against unscriptural Catholic dogma and practices, and engaging in public debates with Catholic authorities before the town leaders. 
During that time, the town councils of both Zurich and the nearby canton of Bern voted to adopt Protestantism. <clears throat> For his public debates with Catholic authorities in early 1523, Zwingli composed the 67 Articles. The document's brief introduction and conclusion reveal Zwingli's deep respect for the authority of God's Word and his firm belief in the Bible's unique status as the only revelation of the saving good news of Jesus Christ and of God's will for Christian people. The introduction reads the articles and opinions below. I, Orlik Zwingli, confess to have preached in the worthy city of Zurich, as based upon the scriptures, which are called inspired of God, and where I have not now correctly understood scriptures, I shall allow myself to be taught better, but only from said scriptures. Zwingli, Zwingli would expand on these articles in a book-length treatise in 1525 titled The True and False Religion. In 1526, he composed ten theses for Bern, which served as a succinct summary of his reformed perspective. Zwingli, the Swiss giant of the Reformation, was particularly indignant about the pomp, hypocrisy, and idolatry of man-made religion. His labors for the Re Reformation of Zurich and other Swiss cantons can be at best conceived of perhaps as an effort to free people from the burdens imposed by a religious system invented by men that can't deliver on its promise of eternal life. Article 7 of the 67 Articles states that Christ is an eternal salvation and head of all believers who are his body, but which is dead and can do nothing without him. Attending Mass, participating in the so-called sacraments of Roman Catholicism, or even being ordained as a priest did not make someone a spiritually alive member of the true Ecclesia Catholica Universal Church. That only happens by the Gospel and the Spirit. Zwingli was an activist who not only aimed to teach and apply the Bible alone, but who lobbied both church and civil authorities to realign their laws and policies with God's Word. During the Lenten season of 1522, Zwingli gave his tacit assent to the home of a parishioner, the printer, Christoph Froschauer, as he and his guest ate sausage, a prohibited by the Roman Catholic Church during Lent, but a, stable lo a staple local food. Zwingli successfully lobbied the Zurich town authorities to release these men from jail where they had been put for breaking the Lenten fast. Taking advantage of the town council's leniency, Zwingli and ten other priests wrote to the Brish Bishop of Constance, requesting the right of priests to be married since the blanket requirement of clerical celibacy was unscriptural and unwise. Zwingli himself was already living with a widow, Anna Reinhardt, whom he married soon after Zurich became a Protestant canton free of the bishop's authority. Zwingli also held a deep respect for women and longed for them to experience authentic Christian discipleship. In 1522, he visited a, a convent to deliver a series of lectures titled Of the Clarity and Certainty of the Word of God, Theological Lessons on the Doctrine of Revelation and Biblical Interpretation. 
Meanwhile, a controversy began brewing between Zwingli and Luther over the Lord's Supper. Luther held to consubstantiation the belief that the body and blood of Christ were present in, through, or under the elements. There is, he contended, a real presence of Christ in the elements. Though he differed from the Roman Catholic teaching of transubstantiation, which holds that the elements change into the body and blood of Christ when blessed by the priest during Mass. Zwingli adopted the position that the Lord's Supper is mainly a memorial of Christ's death, a symbolic remembrance. In an attempt to bring unity to the Reformed movement, the Morburg Colloquy was convened in October 1529. The two Reformers appeared face to face, along with Martin Bucher, Philip Melanthon, Johannes Ocumplatus, and other Protestant leaders. They agreed in principle to 14 of the 15 items put before them, the church-state relationship, infant baptism, the historical continuity of the church, and more, but no agreement could be reached regarding the Lord's Supper. Luther said that Zwingli was a very good man, yet of a different spirit, and hence refused to accept his hand of fellowship offered to him with tears. To colleagues, Luther commented of Zwingli and his supporters, I suppose God has blinded them. In one of the strange ironies of history, Zwingli, who earlier had strongly opposed the practice of using mercenaries in war, died on the battlefield in 1531. An escalating conflict between Protestants and Catholics had cantons in arms and a war soon broke out. The city of Zurich went on to battle, went to battle to defend itself against five invading Catholic cantons from the south. Zwingli accompanied Zurich's army into the battle as a field chaplain. Clad in armor and armed with a battle axe, he was severely wounded on October 11, 1531. When enemy soldiers found him lying wounded, they killed him. The southern forces then subjected his corpse to disgraceful treatment. They quartered him, hacked his remains to pieces, and burned them, then mixed his ashes with dung and scattered them abroad. Today, prominently displayed at the Walter Church in Zurich is a statue of Zwingli. He is standing with a Bible in one hand and a sword in the other. The statue represents Zwingli in his towering influence over the Swiss Reformation, strong and resolute. Though his Zurich ministry was relatively short, he accomplished much. Through his heroic stand for truth, Zwingli reformed the church at Zurich and led the way for other reformers to follow. this prayer from the Valley of Vision called the Savior. You are God of all grace. You have given me a Savior. Produce in me a faith to live by him, to make him all my desire, all my hope, all my glory. May I enter him as my refuge, build on him as my foundation, walk in him as my way, Follow him as my guide. Conform to him as my example. Receive his instructions as my prophet. Rely on his intercession as my high priest. Obey him as my king. May I never be ashamed of him or his words, but joyfully bear his reproach. 
Never displease him by unholy or imprudent conduct. Never count it a glory if I take it patiently when buffeted for a fault. Never make the multitude my model. Never delay when your word invites me to advance. May your dear son preserve me from this present evil world so that its smiles never allure, nor its frowns terrify, nor its vices defile, nor its errors delude me. May I feel that I'm a stranger and a pilgrim on earth, declaring plainly that I seek a country, my title to it becoming daily more clear, my meetness for it more perfect, my foretastes of it more abundant, and whatsoever I do, may it be done in my Savior's name. And now join me in the Nicene Creed. Nicene Creed. I believe in one God, the Father Almighty, maker of heaven and earth, and of all things visible and invisible, and in one Lord, Jesus Christ, the only begotten Son of God, begotten by, of the Father before all worlds, God of God, light of light, very God of very God, begotten, not made, being of one substance with the Father, by whom all things were made, who for us men and for our salvation came down from heaven, and was incarnate by the Holy Spirit of the Virgin Marys, and was made man, and was crucified also for us under Pontius Pilate. He suffered and was buried, and the third day he rose again, according to the scriptures, and ascended into heaven, and sits at the right hand of the Father, and he shall come again with glory to judge the living and the dead, whose kingdom shall have no end. And I believe in the Holy Spirit, the Lord and giver of life, who proceeds from the Father and the Son, who with the Father and the Son together is worshipped and glorified, who spoke by the prophets. And I believe in one holy, catholic, and apostolic church. I acknowledge one baptism for the remission of sins, and I look for the resurrection of the dead and the life of the world to come. Amen. for joining me today. I hope that you enjoyed this episode of Martyr Monday. I will see you back tomorrow for another day of Creeds and Deeds. And remember, I'm not ordained and I'm not a pastor. So if you're a Christian and you're listening to this podcast, you need to be in church on Sunday. Would you leave me a rating and review over on Apple Podcasts and maybe a voicemail? You can do both by scrolling down in my show notes and clicking the link. Thanks. Have a good day. Thank you.